You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Welcome to Riverview in my living room. Uh, great that you could join me here uh, in, in your living room and uh, it's fantastic that we can uh, we can join up like this through technology. It's a bit odd for me uh, preaching to the camera because I'd barely gotten used to uh, preaching with all your smiley faces out there so it's, it's a little bit strange but uh, it's so good that we can still connect so so welcome, thanks for coming. Uh, it's, it's quite cool for me actually because last year in the summer uh, I got to preach in my shorts and uh, this year I'm getting to preach in my slippers so who knew, you know? But uh, I've obviously spent an awful long time this morning in, in hair and makeup as well, as you can see, so that's for your benefit. Uh, not really, but <laughs> I'm just imagining you guys are, are logging in and uh, and joining up and putting comments in. Please, uh, it's not a live feed, but please put comments in the, in the little box, which I think is down here somewhere. Uh, add your amens uh, as we go along, hopefully. Um, it's going to be there's going to be quite a lot of scripture in here, um, and hopefully they'll come up in the in the comments box there um, as posts. Um, you don't have to look them up right away. Some of them are just for references, so um, maybe look them up after instead of flicking to them uh, as we go along. Um, some of them will come up in full for for your benefit as well. So, so uh, I just want to talk today um, to start today by talking a little bit about Easter. Um, we celebrated Easter, and I'm sure that you guys found it was really it was quite strange this year um, and very different, but uh, I still really enjoyed it. And it's it's an absolute and total blessing that we can still connect like this um, through technology. And I'm really excited actually that, uh, that God is developing and he's uh, challenging us in our technical abilities online so that we're more present online. And uh, I just want to talk about actual Easter for a second and, and this, what we celebrate Easter. And, I'm just going to repeat some of the truths that we celebrate and that we focus on, uh, which will be relevant later. And it's an awesome time. It's a really special time uh, where we get to reflect more uh, and highlight and remember the events of Jesus' death and resurrection. And most of all, we get to celebrate what he's done for us. Um, I'm sorry in advance about my hands. I, I, can't, I can't not use my hands, so I'm going to constantly be doing this. So if that gets a bit annoying, maybe you can like hire a screen or something. Um, but yeah, I apologise for that. Uh, so at Easter time, we celebrate that, that Jesus has cleansed us, that, he, that, that we, as we believe in him, he presents us before God as holy. And that instead of having to go to a priest and, uh, and ask him to commune with God on our behalf through Jesus, we can relate to God now, ourselves, and forever. And that's amazing stuff. And one of the most important things that uh, we celebrate is that Easter, Jesus dealt with sin. And we've celebrated the death and resurrection of Christ and the realisation of the washing away of our sin and that sin has been dealt with once and for all. And that Jesus took upon himself the weight of our sin and the wrath of God, which we deserved. So we're set free from sin. Hallelujah. It's amazing news. And he's made us righteous in his sight so that we can stand before God. Uh, this is an incredible truth of Easter and we should be celebrating this every day. Um, and in 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
And how glorious is that, that in him we become the righteousness of God. In Romans 6, 6 also says, For we know that our, our old self was crucified with him, so that, we can, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So this is amazing news. We are set free from sin. The reality of this is actually it's quite difficult to understand. And uh, there'll be some people out there who are saying or, or asking even um, if we are free from sin, why do I keep on sinning? Um, why do I continually give in to things uh, that I'm tempted by that I know are not of God? If he says that he's won the victory uh, over sin, and the reason that I want to go here is that uh, right after Easter is that as a young Christian, I really struggled to, to understand this or, or to have revelation about this. I would uh, I'd celebrate this freedom and his dying for me on the cross and that I am the righteousness of God. And then I would kind of go back to my normal life, I suppose, and, and I would give in fairly easy to whichever kind of unhealthy desire arrived um, be it like coveting or lust or alcohol and I don't mean alcohol as, a, as in alcohol as a sin I just mean you know the results of excess um, so don't read too much into that um, I felt constant shame and I felt condemnation as I kept sinning and I, I didn't feel like I had any victory over this in my life or freedom from it um, which is really weird for me because at the time because I uh, you know, it says that we, we there is no condemnation in the Bible uh, for us who are in Christ. And if anything, verses like that, uh, that one in Romans and this one in Romans made it worse for me. In Romans 8, 9, it says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So I'd often feel, you know, and question whether I even belong to Christ because... You know, I celebrated it in one sense at Easter and then I would sort of move on and, and fall back into these um, sinning with these desires that, that attacked me. Um, so, yeah, I questioned if I even belonged to him, which is which is fairly serious to to not even know that I, I was truly saved or to feel like I was truly saved. And I know that there's probably a lot of people out there who are struggling with the same with the same thing right now um, the same reality. And it makes us feel trapped in sin. And it's like we're free one day and then the next day we're slaves to it again. And especially in this time, uh, people are at home and they might have very little to do or nothing to do. And um, they could be spending a lot of time on the internet. And while we see that God is doing something great online with the gospel right now, it's also still a minefield of temptation for us. And uh, we're being exposed to it more than ever. And I'm sure that where we see a rise in the gospel online, we see an equal or greater rise in the use of pornography or gambling. So what did Jesus do for us on the cross? As 2 Corinthians says, he became sin for us. The reality of what Christ did for us is that we were enslaved to sin in Romans 6.17. And Jesus broke these chains and that we could be free. So we've got to realize this morning and you've got to realize and believe that it's been done our sin is forgiven even the sins that you will commit he has dealt with it so we have the ultimate victory over sin and death because we are not enslaved to it anymore but 
this doesn't mean that sin isn't running after us, but it is constantly trying to bring us down. And it's like someone saying, tomorrow uh, you're going to go out and fight a battle and you will win. Uh, victory is guaranteed, but you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to take part and you're going to have to act. And the world is going to come after you and you have to flee it. The flesh will come after you and you have to crucify it. The devil's going to lie to you and he's going to try you and you have to resist him. You have to act. Our dying to sin is constant. As Romans 6 is saying, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. The old man will creep up on you though and you've got to throw him off and you've got to put on Christ. And as Romans 13, 14 says, instead clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourselves think about ways to indulge your evil desires. There's an action there. There's a reason that Paul says to put on armour in Ephesians is to stand against the devil's schemes. You will win the battle, but not lying down. He has assured the victory, but we have to fight in his strength. If we're trying to win this by our own power, uh, by our own righteousness, we're going to lose. Through Jesus, we are guaranteed the victory if we stand and fight in his name and under his banner. As usual, God's kingdom sort of seems a bit upside down here and it, we fight sin because he, we know that he has won the battle. This is the most important thing to take from all this is it, it's because we are justified already that we resist. It's through his work on the cross. It's not by our works, but that doesn't mean we don't resist sin. And I really, I really don't want you to feel condemned this morning. I want you to feel empowered. We're, uh, we're not going to be completely free from sin until Christ comes back again. And it's going to keep coming at us. And that's why we keep confessing and we keep asking forgiveness. Because we sin in ways that we don't even know about till after. And that we don't even realise. I mean, speaking is, is one, for example. It's really hard to control what you say. How often do you <clears throat> speak something over someone and, and only think about it after? It's really common. It happens to me all the time. But what I'm really talking about here is the sinful desire that we allow to take hold. We need to ask for forgiveness for those sins that we don't even know about, but we realise after. But I'm talking about these sinful desires that, that we allow in, that we allow to take hold in our lives. It's good, God-given desire that turns sin, turns to sin, and, uh, sorry, it's good, God-given desires that sin turns and uses against us. Um, and this turns into greed, and this turns into covetousness, lust, and pride. So how should we act towards sin? Uh, Romans 6, 11 says, <clears throat> excuse me, so you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin, and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. So this is a mental act of saying, it's dead to me. Do not give in is an instruction. Don't give in to the desires. And Paul's saying here, you have the power to give in or not. Uh, he's saying that you have the power to say no. And he sets it out quite plainly again in Titus. Uh, Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. 
It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify it for himself, a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. We can do this. And I think often we, uh, we put sin all in the same category as that there's, a, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. It's, it's just going to happen and, and, you know, it's forgiven. But there's a part of sin here, these desires that we can actually say no to. But how do we do this? If we just go out and pretend to be like Jesus and try in our own steam to live better and to look better, to look like Christ, we're going to fail. Remember, we're not doing this to justify ourselves before God. He has justified us. We're saying no and we're taking a stand because he has already justified us. And it's pretty clear that the Bible says that we need to be in Christ and that we can only do this if we are in Christ. So what does this mean? Um, for our lives to be hidden in Christ, as Colossians 3 says, that he's taken away our sin on himself is the realising and the grasping that we now live in Christ. His power lives in us. We're not trying to be like Christ. As the Christian author F.J. Hugo wrote, we're not imitators of Christ. We are partakers in Christ, which sums up our need to be in Christ pretty well. There are a lot of references in the New Testament surrounding uh, in Christ and through Christ and where in Christ. And there's too many to go into just now or to list. And um, they can come across a little bit odd at first. I mean, like where in Christ. Galatians 3.27 says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. And Colossians 3 says as well, If we've been united with him, we have put him on like new clothes. And I'm going to try and unpack this a little bit, but it really needs a lot of individual study time um, and prayer to get a grasp and revelation for ourselves of this. How do we do this? How do we live in this way? Wearing Christ, living through Christ, in him. As I mentioned earlier, Romans 8, 1 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's only if we are in Christ that we're free, that we're not condemned. And it's very clear through most of the New Testament and from these examples that there is only freedom from sin and we are only made righteous if we are in Christ. In the most part, uh, most of these instances of in Christ mean to be united with or connected with. And the same with most of the references of wearing him like new clothes. The point is unitedness. Apart from him, we have nothing. We're, we're dead. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Being in him is the key. In him we become the righteousness of God, and it's only by his merit, by what he has done, that we can approach God and that we have righteousness. And that is the good news because being in him started with believing in him. When we believe in him, we have new birth. 
we throw off our old selves and we are clothed with Christ. We are in him if we are united with him, bound to him. And if you imagine being bound to him, a bit like a, a comedy sketch where you see two people being tied at the wrist um, and all the time, wherever one goes, the other has got to go. And there, there's always a bit of back and forth as one wants to go that way and one wants to go this way. And you're quickly going to realise that you have to go places together or you're not going to get anywhere. You're not, it's not going to work. So that's, that's being bound. Uh, it's everywhere together all the time. And Romans 6, 7 says, For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. We believe that we have died with Christ when he died. Ultimately, the grip of sin is released on our, in our lives through faith. He's done it all for us, and all it took on our part is faith. Corinthians 1.30 says, You are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. In our connection with Christ, we have righteousness that is not ours, but it's his. He became our righteousness. He became our wisdom. He became our redemption and sanctification. It happened in him. It's by faith that we experience being in Christ. How do we live in him every day? How do we conquer sin day by day? As I said before, it's not like be pretending to be like him or just trying to be like him. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's by faith believing that he is one for us, that on a daily basis by faith we believe that the old me is dead, and that I was crucified with Christ, and the life that I now live is in this body is by faith. That I believe that it is now Christ who lives in me. I live by faith in the Son of God. We're, we're living by faith in the Son of God. We are bound to him eternally. And that's what inspires us to say no to the desires of sin, to the things that rear their head again and again and try to drag us back down. It's that he did it all for us out of love. And what joy fills my heart when I, I grasp even a hint of this truth and I keep learning this, and no matter how much I learn a bit more about God's grace for me, I, I feel like I'm never going to grasp uh, how great his grace for me is, um, because it just happens all the time. This, this rears its head again. Even when you think you've put something down and you're free from it, it will try and come back and get you later on, and you have to be wary about that. But even then, if I fall forgiveness is there god has given me his grace and it's it's so bountiful and when we realize a little bit of his grace it just fills our hearts with joy and this is the drive to change our will it's out of love that he did it for us the power to overcome and the drive to, to change our will comes from this to be enslaved to righteousness instead of sin day by day in faith we're believing that the life that we live in this body we live by faith in the Son of Man. It's not like pretending, but it's about believing that it has been done and acting in faith to be slaves to Christ and righteousness and not to sin. 
And that is daily putting on Christ like new clothes. As Colossians 2.12 says, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Through faith. So stop condemning yourself. Realise that Christ has dealt with it out of love for you. And that's the driving force, as I said, to say no when sin attacks you again. And I, I just really want to encourage you this morning, if you're feeling condemned, if you feel like you're constantly given into sin, if you feel like you're not in union with Christ, he has done it. He has won the victory for you and you can approach God and you can break the cycle of sins in your life that you've let become strongholds of the enemy. I've seen things be broken in my life that I, I never thought that he would, he would be able to break. Identify it, confess it, and start saying no. Give it to God. As Paul wrote to Titus, uh, the grace of God and salvation teaches us to say no. Remember that he's doing a work in us and he's gonna complete it that he's transforming us as we live in him and he is sanctifying us. How does this translate for us on a daily basis? It's realizing that every day we need him to live the very life that we're gonna live and we're submitting to him constantly. This is clothing yourself with Christ and this is living in him. As I said before, be careful because sin's gonna come back and it's gonna try and ensnare you again. Uh, as it does me and it's likely that you'll fall down again and again but continue to believe that in faith that the life that you now live is in Jesus as Romans 6 to 13 says instead give yourselves completely to God for you were dead but now you have new life ask for his strength to empower you seek to live in him every day and as Philippians 4 7 says then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. If we believe in him and trust in him through faith, we are justified and being sanctified by him. And he has released us from sin through the cross. He has made us righteous in God's sight and will continue to make us holy. So I hope you feel empowered this morning. I, I hope you get more and more revelation of, of how to live in Christ as you walk with him day by day in faith. And keep celebrating Easter every day. It's not just for Easter, it's meant to be for every day. Um, I know that I've quoted a load of scripture this morning, um, but I, I just couldn't think of any better way to finish this than to echo Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. So I can't be with you guys right now. Um, I just wanna pray this over you and over me. Ephesians 3.16 I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with to the full measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who has done, 
who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So bless you guys. Um, I hope you feel empowered this morning, as I've said.